suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there, welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Morahan, and my brother, J.S., to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and at times, enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through the high seas of life. Today's episode is entitled, Submission, the Story of Salmon Rushdie. And it is with great sadness that I announce that they got Theo Van Gogh, they were after Hersan Ali. They got Charlie Hebdo and his associates. And now I report that just a few days ago, on August 7th, 2022, in part four of our podcast series entitled Whining Weenie Wimps, in the opening minute of that podcast, I made mention only a few days ago of the fact that the fatwa death sentence with bounty issued by that lunatic Ayatollah Khomeini, an ugly man with an ugly cause, whose entire life had been devoted and dedicated to violence, darkness, and death had never been retracted. And while Iran had sort of backed off of the fatwa's existence, tried to ignore the fact that the the threat remained in place, neither Iran, its supreme leader, its ruling mullahs, nor any bolus of the maniacal imams ever saw fit to remove the bounty that was placed on the head of Salman Rushdie for writing a book they determined had insulted all Islam and warranted the death penalty. Thought often worries imams and all Islam, as it turns out. Rational thought especially rattles them. And when Muslims announce that they will cancel you, they won't just get you banned from Facebook or Twitter or fired from your job. No, they will really cancel you. They will kill you for real, like Theo Van Gogh with a knife in the chest. Or you'll be as dead as Charlie Hebdo and Associates. Islam allows no tolerance. It does not allow compromise. Islam demands no compromise be made. It requires only one thing, submission, complete, total submission. And if you don't submit, you'll likely wind up dead. And and your killers, they're going to get those 72 virgins in heaven, blue-eyed, blonde-haired are preferred, if I understand all the nonsense correctly. And don't be fooled. These fanatics buy off completely on all this nonsense. All those women, they will be waiting. They will be. As as barren as the desert in which it was born, Islam is a harsh religion. And like the deserts of Arabia that appear to go on and on forever with burning sands forever, fatwas last forever and never end in peace. They can't. The targets of fatwas must die. 
Those are the rules of Islam. And so it is with great sadness. And, and I have to admit, and not without a huge sense of, of overwhelming hopelessness as respects the idea that man will ever have the ability to live in harmony with other men, with tolerance for others, is, is almost completely lost. We now learn yesterday that author Salmon Rusty has been put on a ventilator and is unable to speak. After being attacked and stabbed yesterday by a 24-year-old Muslim from New Jersey at the Chautauqua Institute in New York. And this was, this was done. This was accomplished to make good on the order of the Ayatollah Khomeini in 1989 that Rushdie be murdered. It was demanded that he be killed as recompense for his having written a novel, Satanic Verses, that the Ayatollah ruled had insulted Allah and all Islam. And the only penalty... Allah would accept was murdering Rushdie, the author of this novel. The Ayatollah said it was so, and so it was so. And again, those are the rules of Islam. Muslims must submit to his order to make Rushdie submit to the will of the Ayatollah and Allah both. Kill him was the order. Now this this attack on Rushdie occurred just five days after we released on August 7th that podcast entitled Whining Weenie Wimps, Part 4, wherein we condemned this very fatwa plus bounty against Rushdie and the idea that it has still never been retracted. Now if he survives... Um, this vicious attack, at minimum, at minimum, it's reported that Rushdie will lose an eye. Uh, the new, uh, nerves in his arm were severed. His liver was punctured and is severely damaged. Condition? Critical. The news? Not good. And at this news, the Muslim world has erupted in joy at learning the news of such violence. They have taken pleasure in this violence. Social media is popping. It's alive. Twittering in ecstasy as Muslims worldwide thrill, literally thrill at the fact that a 79-year-old man has been stabbed in the face and may well die. They glory in this gory violence. They simply love the violence more than they love life itself. For them, life's crap. Death. Now, there's something they, they can revel in. Killing people brings them such joy. Um, this should not come, I guess, as a surprise to us, civilized people, given Muslim men like MBS... Saudi Arabia's happy ruling crown prince ordered a non-submitting reporter, Anand Khashoggi, 
butchered abattoir style, like a head of cattle, sliced into cuts of meat the size of which um, resemble pieces of meat that you might find at your local butcher shop. By butchery, by bone saw in the embassy in Istanbul, Turkey. Small enough pieces, by the way, that Khashoggi's body parts could be stuffed into a suitcase small enough to be carried out of the embassy without notice. And this, it must be um, admitted, did infuriate um, sufficiently Turkey's Muslim ruler, you know, the Sultan Erdogan, um, sufficiently that he, he raised objection and in an international stink, so to speak, that he used to his political advantage, for, you know, for about a month or so, to acquire some diplomatic gains uh, to be had from Saudi Arabia, after which, no big deal. Life goes on. Business as usual, as Sonny and Cher sang long ago, and the beat goes on. You know, cutting international reporter uh, Khashoggi into small pieces of meat interested and triggered, so to speak, that nutty Donald Trump sufficiently that, that he felt it prudent to place a call to Saudi Arabia's crown prince, MBS himself, in which he asked of him the now infamous question in a, in, in a way that only Trump could pull off. Hey, what's with the bone saw MBS? Now, MBS is response to this question is lost to history. And we're never going to quite know all that happened or why chopping up a human being was required at this point in time in this circumstance. But we can guess it did have something to do with Khashoggi's failure to submit, shall we say, to the will of MBS. Obviously, this was a big deal, this submission thing. For Failure to submit resulted in Khashoggi being cut into pieces and post saw, he proved quite dead. His sin, well, his, his offense had been he had failed to submit to MBS. And this is what Muslims do if you don't submit to the will of all its powerful leaders and, and Allah too. By the way, Muslims understand very, very well the idea and the concept of submission. When they tell you, you will submit or they will kill you, they mean business. Now, getting getting sliced and diced by bone saw is, and I think no one would, would, would argue uh, this point strongly, it is unusual. And it is an unusually cruel way to die, death by bone saw. Who would ever imagine or see this coming? But a religion that honors violence, whom fires up people enamored of beheading other human beings who violate their principles or simply piss them off, they prove unoffended if a bone saw just happens to be substituted as the weapon of choice when performing an execution. If preferred over the tried and true reliance upon uh, and the dependability and effectiveness of a sharpened uh, uh, saber or sword or the commonly used in the Muslim world, the deadly AK-47 IEDs or car bombs. Actually, for them, imagining the fear induced by knife attack 
appeals to these people's instincts. They are enthralled at the thought of producing terror in their victims. And, and a knife attack is so personal, so up close and personal a killing, knifing someone. Even if it's an old man aged almost 80, the two parties, killer and victim, I mean, are just so closely engaged. And this thrills, absolutely thrills supporters of fatwas, ordered by lunatic losers to no end. You know, wild animals, predators take no joy in killing. They do it to survive, to eat. Torturing prey, terrorizing them is never a predator objective. But in carrying out fatwas, now terrorizing such victims, this appeals to all these religious lunatics, appeals to these assassins and their fanatical reporters. They get almost orgasmic release in, in, in such frustrated people. And <laughs> I, know, I would say all those virgins better be there waiting for them so they might do them on the other side because life on well, to quote F. Scott Fitzgerald, this side of paradise. Um, it's one of Fitzgerald's best books, by the way. Life here for fatwa assassins on earth and those that support their efforts. The Re Life really sucks for them. All this poverty, ignorance, violence, and submission stuff. Imagine the depth of nastiness, of the existence of all those who have had to submit, endure the listening, the lectures, to the words of that miserable, idiotic, mean-spirited, mean fr frustrated Ayatollah Khomeini when he preached for hour after hour, you know, as did others of his, of his ilk, his kind, God, it would be so boring, so awful, so unendurable. No wonder death looks so good to these people. No wonder they think of death all the time. They dream of it. Life is so terrible, so hopeless for them. Death has just got to be better. That's the only conclusion they can reach. Their lives resemble a Schopenhauer-like, uh, you know, insistence you know that he would have been better off had he never lived at all and while we we might think that schopenhauer um he that he was the ultimate pessimist his life was actually like disneyland compared to these muslims who carry out fatwas and and those uh who rejoice in all such killings i mean you'd be pissed off every day i would venture if you were forced by mullahs to live such miserable existences as these sorry excuses for human beings live. Back to that bone saw for a moment. It's not really a big deal to people of the one true religion, believers in the true writings of God, the one, really, 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 the one true religion. And it should be noted, and I guess this is a, a, an aside, a parenthetical. It should be now noted that when President Joe Biden 
calls MBS, or, or I guess I should clarify, when Biden's staff on his behalf rings the Saudi prince and, and staffers make that call. They do so because Joe isn't clear anymore who he's calling or, or why he'd be calling anyone. And at this point in time, I would venture, given his lack of mental acuity, sadly, he might not even understand what a phone is or what its purpose as a tool may be. And, 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 and by the way, those who know if he does or does not know, they're certainly not going to let us know what Joe knows. All we do know for sure, and this is, this is extremely sad, disappointing, and should be very worrying, that when that phone does ring in Saudi Arabia, no one answers the phone. No one even comes to the phone. And guess what? No one is going to bother to call Joe back. Such is the president's incredibly low standing in the world. Our nation's remarkably poor standing in the world. We have lost all credibility and completely lost face. A man, a guy who just recently had another man of international standing sawed apart by bone saw and packed into a suitcase in the embassy of another nation. When he calls heads of state these days, they take his calls. They meet with him or his representatives on a daily basis all over the, all over the world. Our leader, people just ignore his call. Oh, wow. So returning to Salmon Rushdie, this act of pure, uninhibited, unmitigated violence was sufficient to produce orgiastic responses throughout the Muslim world. You can read them on the, uh, anywhere on social media as, as I say these words. Throughout the Muslim world, there are celebrations going on. They no longer now have to focus all their obsessive attention on camels at least not for the next couple of days or so. Then they can return to camel navel, navel gazing, I guess, where you know men are men and even camels are scared. Truly, what kind of twisted human being takes joy in seeing a 79-year-old man being stabbed? And isn't it fitting these days that this fatwa would be carried out in the United States, in New York State? You know, these, these mental deficients celebrated the long-awaited execution of the Ayatollah's fatwa, the death sentence with bounty issued in, in 1989 that has never been issued, issued by this mad Ayatollah Khomeini. They, they, they take supreme joy that after 33 years, it appears this perverse atrocity has finally been achieved. These fanatical religious losers, you know, sewer dwellers amidst garbage and human waste have expressed great enthusiasm, taken great joy that another diseased young lunatic has demonstrated his fierce, sick, religious convictions by attempting to murder a very old man. It gives me, at least, 
if not you, goosebumps to even consider, even consider, I mean, to imagine the guts needed, the resolve, the metal, the incredible fortitude it would take for a young Muslim male, age 24, to jump on a stage and attack and stab an 80-year-old man who's unarmed. Imagine the size of the balls on this guy. The balls on the 24-year-old Muslim man, a true warrior for Allah, to face all the intimidating risks to which he would be exposed when, you know, posed by an 80-year-old unarmed man standing at a podium. My God, Allah must be so proud of this defender of the faith. What a loser. What an absolute loser. And just to be clear, this act of outstanding valor needs to be understood in its context. See it like this. This incredibly brave Islamic warrior, a male who is 24 years old, jumps up on a stage and he attacks an unarmed 79-year-old Rushdie as he prepares to speak at the Chautauqua Institute Conference. This courageous New York warrior for Allah certainly demonstrated the kind of strength needed both to take down the old man and to make his family and fellow mosque members intensely proud. Wouldn't you think? And I think it's worth pointing out that it should be concerning to every citizen that old ladies in their 80s with shopping bags filled with groceries, it is reported and rumored, stepping into elevators will be targeted next by these brave warriors. They should be concerned. Knives, bone saws, 72 blue-eyed, blonde-haired virgins. What is next? On that sorry note, and in hopes that Sam and Rushdie may survive, I sign off and thank you for listening. Have a good day. And I think we should all pray for humanity. Bye-bye. Inside came just yesterday This made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Time can't be returned Misguided and all of my own At least that's what I thought I failed to see Oh
could I miss what was in front of me? Two eyes that can't make you see. It's the mind that paints all these pictures, like the mirage of the deserts. I misread all the signals. I never knew that I'd been lost. I thought ghosts from way back in my past. I never knew how much it costs. Just a drop of rain and a thunderstorm. Another grain of sand on the beach. A blade of grass on a mountain field. Another car on a shower street. Mistakes, just things that I've done. I can tell, and I've broken her heart. Can she forgive me? Can she forget? Can she keep us from falling apart?